Chen Maiyi is a sophomore at Columbia University majoring in neuroscience. What started as a blog to explore neuroscience, Chen Maiyi quickly expanded to, and grew the blog into Simply Neuroscience, a student-led nonprofit organization focused on interdisciplinary neuroscience and psychology education, outreach, and awareness. Since its launch, Simply Neuroscience has introduced multiple initiatives, including their very own podcast, Synapse, Humans of Neuroscience series, Action Potential Advising Program, and more. In this episode, we discuss Chen Maiyi's interest in neuroscience, her founding story, and advice she has for aspiring entrepreneurs. Welcome, Chen Maiyi, to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Where are you calling from? Hi, Rachel. I'm calling in from Northern California right now. Amazing. Okay, so yeah, if you want to get started and talk about how Simply Neuroscience started. Yeah, so I will be completely honest. I did not intend for Simply Neuroscience to be a large-scale initiative. It was actually the name of my blog that I had started in about mid-2019. I was, I was on the verge of graduating high school. I was kind of heading into college and I really wanted to share about my experiences as a young student in neuroscience and just kind of the people I'd met and the experiences that I gained as someone who was on the younger side of the field. And what happened is that a lot of my friends and peers on LinkedIn, just students, started reaching out and saying, hey, this looks super cool. I, I'm interested in neuroscience too, and there's not really too much uh, that we can explore as a youth. And so I'd love to hop on or help out in any way if you would like. And it just really took off from there. And more and more people came together. And we ended up kind of expanding out from this blog, this one woman blog, into multiple initiatives, raising awareness about mental health, really promoting neuroscience education. And it's it's really grown into a large community. I would definitely say that a lot of the core values are really based in collaboration and that multidisciplinary approach to pursuing neuroscience because it really is a very, very broad field. Uh, so those values have really stuck true at our core. And now we've gone from one itty bitty blog to over 23 very large initiatives. So it's been quite an interesting ride, but overall has been very uh fulfilling and really fascinating to be able to explore neuroscience. Yes. Yeah, so when deciding to make a blog about neuroscience, what brought you to neuroscience? I, I think that in high school, it's very rare to have very selective electives in science. Like usually it's just chemistry, biology, earth science, but neuroscience and anatomy and physiology are types of courses that you would see in college. So what brought you to neuroscience? Yeah, I... Definitely would say I was a bio kid. I was definitely an anatomy kid too when I was in high school. And I really was fascinated by learning about the brain because there was so much complexity to it. I mean, there's so many itty bitty parts uh, that really come together to build something brilliant. So I kind of fell in love with that over time, the idea. And so what I really liked about neuroscience is that I could sort of explore the way that my own brain function, how I function, how you know humans function broadly. Uh, when I was younger, I used to apparently I don't I don't remember this as much clearly, but apparently I used to ask my mom all these really odd questions like why do I need to get eight hours of sleep, or why that's good for my brain, things like that. Why do babies babble? All these really odd questions, and 
I guess at some point she'd just be like, oh, it's, it's because that's how the brain functions. That's your brain. You need, your, your brain needs sleep and your brain uh, needs to eat good food and all of this. And I'd be like, huh, this, this brain has got a lot going on that I don't know about. So that was really a driving factor. I think a lot of us when we're growing up have that kind of a curiosity about the, what the brain does and what the human body does overall. And it's definitely really intimidating to get involved in neuro at a young age because it's it's one of those fields that the existing perception is that you can't get involved into your later on in your career and higher education and such. And I think that we're really trying to push back against that because we learn about physics and chemistry and bio and all these other sciences in high school. We don't learn about the science of understanding ourselves, which is neuro. And so kind of in my own journey of wanting to write that blog and explore neuroscience was that I was one hoping that it could sort of allow me to reflect on those experiences. And as I even was interested in pursuing neuroscience into college and beyond, and along the way, it was is sort of a community building aspect in that way too, um, which wasn't intentional when I started out, but I'm really glad it worked out that way. Yeah. So what made you decide to attend Columbia and since building Simply Neuroscience, did you ever take advantage of the entrepreneurship space there? And what is the space like? Yeah, I I would say it, my journey with Simply Neuroscience in Columbia, I think really ties together on the fact that both are journeys of finding the interdisciplinary in science and finding the interdisciplinary in neuroscience specifically. Uh, with Columbia, it's it's really, I think, known for the core curriculum um, and very much based in the humanities. And it really sort of filled out the other part of me that was a science student, but was also looking to connect more on the humanities side and the arts side. So it was really a wonderful way for me to explore that. And along with that, you know, with Simply Neuroscience, we're really trying to push outside the perception that neuroscience is only a science field, because there are so many really fascinating intersections with business, with art, with uh, ethics and so many other different areas. And so kind of grappling and building uh, this initiative alongside kind of discovering my own passions. And along the way, I really started building up my interest in medical humanities uh, at Columbia. And so it really intertwined a lot. And I would say that maybe even more so than kind of the entrepreneurship values, it was just that Columbia provided me that space to really explore and push outside of my comfort zone coming from high school into uh, a more kind of vivid learning atmosphere. And that was the exact kind of an atmosphere that I wanted to build for the wider neuroscience community for young students. And I would definitely say that being a nonprofit initiative, not-for-profit is kind of an interesting one because I think a lot of entrepreneurship culture is focused on um, for profit initiatives at times and startup culture, especially. And so kind of focusing on education from the not-for-profit perspective was definitely, it made me feel like, uh, the odd one out at some points. And I think Columbia has been really great in terms of the entrepreneurship, uh, Columbia entrepreneurship has been really welcoming and sort of allowing me to witness firsthand what, um, the startup atmosphere is like, and it's really helped me kind of frame my own work with Simply Neuroscience in a way that not necessarily, you know, for profit, but more so how can we impact more people positively and ensure that 
these free resources that we've created for young students who are interested in pursuing the field can really get out into the community and kind of have the impact that we wish for it to have. So I think it's been really uh, impactful for my own journey and even for uh, Simply Neuroscience in that way. So you're pretty early in your college career when Simply Neuroscience started. So I was wondering what your experience like growing Simply Neuroscience to where it is today and challenges that you came across and anything that you learned from that experience. And, you know, your leadership team has grown quite large. So what was it like, um, you know, building your team and did they reach out to you or did you reach out to them? And what was that like? Yeah, it's definitely been a wild ride. And I would say to start off, the biggest challenge, I think, is time, because we're, we're full-time students and running an entire initiative, setting it up from the ground up with barely any experience on that side is really, really difficult. And I, it was a lot of time. There were definitely weeks where I would just put in 40 hours a week, and it's, it's really tough uh, to balance everything. But I think finding that sort of settling into that comfortable niche of uh, time management and taking care of my life responsibilities and everything has really uh, developed even stronger with having that leadership team. And we're a pretty, we really have a decentralized leadership model. And I think we went that way because especially being in education, I think people who want to take initiative and with their own journey, we call it the brain journey, uh, and help foster others' journeys as well. I think that kind of initiative is sort of what we seek to recognize. So it's more of people who reached out and showed energy um, and dedicated time into these efforts. Um, it sort of naturally came along that they were perfect fits for leading the team and coordinating efforts. And so uh, I think people people in simply neuroscience are really self-starters. And I think that's really a virtue that a lot of uh, young neuro and psych students have is that they are just pushing uh, in a really good way to explore uh, their interests and also, you know, ex- explore and hopefully contribute to cutting edge advancements in the future. So I think it's kind of, a, it, it's been a really interesting dynamic to sort of explore that. But I think that definitely there has been a lot of learning um, from scratch. And I think breaking down responsibilities amongst the team has definitely helped contribute to each initiative is now, you know, working on a sustainable path and the framework is for the organization as a whole is set. And so now we're sort of shifting into the outreach stage where um, we're trying to mobilize more grassroots efforts. And I think the leadership team does a really wonderful job in being able to sort of figure out who's doing what and who can contribute to the bigger picture. I'm curious, since it was founded in 2019, whether you started as a virtual community or was having in-person hubs, and then suddenly when the pandemic hit, it transitioned to virtual. Yeah, so I think at the start, since we were pretty small and we were all pretty spread apart too geographically, we functioned pretty much virtually. We did have some plans to host local in-person workshop events. Uh, for for example, if one of our uh, team members went to XYZ High School in Georgia, then they could host a workshop at their school or at a science club with kind of our resources. But then pandemic happened, as you said, and uh, things I think went relatively smoother, thankfully for us, because we were already functioning on that uh, 
virtual model, but it definitely, we had lots of hopes for meetups and, and events to happen in person too. And I think a big divide especially has been that there are many populations who now can't, we cannot um, easily reach them to host these kind of in-person workshops because of internet accessibility issues or time constraints or just so many other issues during the pandemic. It's crazy. Um, so it's been a bit disheartening at times, but I think silver lining is that we are attempting to build this, you know, virtual community to be stronger. And hopefully even after the pandemic passes, we can kind of take this community and start to build those in-person relationships too. So more on the development side of Simply Neuroscience and what initiatives you decided to push, I was wondering the thought process in terms of whether you talked with other people who also are passionate about neuroscience and then decided based off people's thoughts that you would push out certain initiatives. And I know there was one on like a research program. So just wondering more about why you decided on these certain initiatives and certain different fields that are related to neuroscience? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say my framework sort of going in, and this was kind of echoed in the blog as well when starting out, was sort of neuroscience really fits well with the three-tiered framework of education, outreach, and awareness. And so education is sort of understanding exactly what neuroscience consists of and the different you know developments that are taking place, for instance, kind of a neuro 101 uh, the outreach is sort of how do you really reach out to the community and take neuroscience from outside the classroom to impact people's lives? And that's part of the aspect of awareness, too, for instance, whether it's raging, uh, raising awareness about neurological disorders, mental illnesses or brain injury and any of these avenues. It really is focused on we're not just learning. And I mean, the neuroscience today neuroscience students of today are not just students. They're also change makers in their own community. So I think really illustrating that model of we're not just equipping people, but also showing them how to have an impact. How does this relate to the real world in that way? And so the actual way that we went about determining how our initiatives would echo these three values was one sort of the base kind of expectation, okay, we need to start out with creating resources because there aren't too many existing out there. And that was sort of a a very easy starting point for us to figure out. But also thinking about, okay, how do we actually go about engaging people um, to be able to integrate meaningful content into people's lives? And that's where wonderful ideas from team members came in. And it was just one night, maybe they had an idea and they would just slack it to the team and We'd start brainstorming about it, realize that it was a good idea, started trying to outline every single part, and then boom, it just goes off and we try to see if we can actually make it a reality. Um, one example I'm thinking of off the top of my head is uh, actually Simply Neuroscience's podcast, uh, refitting. Um, but uh, one of our team members had mentioned his interest in podcasts and how he was really looking for a neuro-specific podcast to listen to that was designed for youth, and there weren't many out there um, that were sort of sustainable and you could regularly listen to. And so that's how the Synapse podcast came about. And it was a student pitched, a team member pitched idea, not something that we had any sort of an intention or idea or thought of doing at the beginning of Simply Neuroscience. But along the way, we've definitely, I think, with team members coming in and demonstrating their own initiative, it's been really great that 
we've been able to sort of see how we can take our existing uh, knowledge and support and team efforts and pivot them into a way that can maybe reach more people in a way that it's not just they're sitting down focusing 10 hours a day on neuroscience, but it fits into their everyday lives really well, because I think that neuroscience is something that that is a part of our everyday life. It affects us every day. So it's only fitting that we can have these sort of efforts and outreach that smoothly integrates with our lives. Yeah, I'm always curious. So I feel that, you know, the Gen Z, our generation, and then the future have grown up with technology. And I was wondering how you think, like, things have changed now that like there are different ways to engage the youth now there's tiktok and you know leveraging social media to to continue engagement and has simply neuroscience have also you know jumped on that wagon as well (laughs) we have a tiktok account but we'll be honest we're still sort of brainstorming content um how to meaningfully put out content i think our big focus is probably instagram right now as it just it is a very versatile platform, which is amazing, whether it be takeovers or posts or actually today we are launching a Instagram live series with our own team members who are going to be having casual chats over live on Instagram. And so all these different really facets that we can bring in, whether it's experts sharing about their work or informative posts or casual chats or anything, definitely social media has been a very integral part of how we sort of figure out what the neuroscience for Gen Z youth looks like, because I don't think our generation is this sort of just, okay, we're going to stick to textbooks and PowerPoints and that's it, but we're really creative and we need those kind of multidimensional ways to learn and engage. And, And I guess it's more so more the need, it's sort of, we're, it's a lot more vivid and it's a lot more individualized and personal, which is really great. And so that's the kind of values that we're hoping to emulate a lot of the times through social media is sort of, what does our audience want to learn about? We're not just, okay, what is the protein that's implicated in XYZ disease, but more so of, let's talk about how this actually plays out in our communities and our lives and it affects us and very bite-sized content, but something that can add up to a bigger picture is sort of the approach that we're trying to take. Yes, I always ask this question, but I'm wondering where you think the future of Simply Neuroscience is heading and where you think that career exploration and more neuroscience exploration will evolve over time. I would say that our sort of overall mission is that there are increasing numbers of students who are interested in neuroscience and psychology and brain-related fields overall. So we really want a way to connect students with these free virtual resources, opportunities, events, and anything that they need really for their own exploration. And we want to make these available on a virtual and in-person scale for anyone, regardless of where they live, what languages they speak, what gender, what age, what race they are, socioeconomic status, anything. And so we really want to build that kind of an inclusive community where we can be able to conduct outreach to a lot of students, a lot more students. And we don't want a world in which students are forced to kind of forced to put their interests um, in the back of their mind because there's no way to explore. And I think that kind of trickles down to career exploration as well in that 
if more individuals are aware that there is such a diverse array of careers in the sciences and neuroscience or in any fields, I think that there's going to be a lot more uh, bolstered interest because a very large gap right now is people don't actually know that certain careers that would theoretically really fit their interests. Um, they don't always know that those exist because they've never heard of someone who works in that field or in that specific career pathway, or there's no real way to be able to actually pursue that career. And so that kind of a pipeline is iffy, and it's really difficult to tackle because there's so many different aspects to it. But I think the way that we're trying to uh, change that, and I think a lot of initiatives out there are also trying to change that, especially in the sciences, is that we're really trying to break outside that bubble of science only consists of going into medicine or becoming a professor. And I mean, these are wonderful careers, but even in these careers, even in academia and the clinical settings, for instance, there are so many really multifaceted aspects of there in different careers. Not, not every doctor has the same exact responsibility or job duties, for instance. And so I think that with neuroscience being such a wide and broad and rapidly expanding field and so many other industries also and fields also expanding at that rate, I think there's going to be a lot more flexibility for students to be able to pursue their independent interests and figure out kind of what path is the best for them. And so I think that it's really important that a lot of outreach work and in the fields and sciences and beyond too is really um taking in the fact that there needs to be a flexibility. So we don't just, you know, it, careers aren't just A to B to C, you get a degree and that's all, but we need to really accommodate for that sort of flexibility and nuance. Is there any advice that you would give to aspiring entrepreneurs or current students interested in neuroscience? I would say that I think especially for folks our age, there's kind of the perception that oh, we're young. These things, these initiatives, these ventures will probably maybe last a year or two and it won't really build into something big. It's just going to be a little project. And I think that obviously if if something is short-lived, but there are meaningful experiences that come out of it, that's still great. But also kind of pushing the boundaries of what it means to be a youth entrepreneur are really important. And so I would say that definitely when I was starting Simply Neuroscience, I think I was 16 and fresh out of high school. And so I got a lot of kind of iffy looks from people saying, what do you really know about neuroscience? You don't even have a degree behind your back, not even a bachelor's or a PhD. And so it was sort of really intimidating. Um, And I think that a lot of youth entrepreneurs face that especially. So I think my advice would be that if you have an idea that has a very reasonable approach and a way of executing that, I don't think that you should let your age sort of be a barrier in actually getting that rolling and saying, oh, I'm, I'm only 17 now, so I'm going to wait a few more years. If that's literally the only reason that's holding you back, I don't think that, um, I don't think that's great. I think you should go for it. Um, and obviously we grow and we build wider bases and experiences over time. And so I think that starting early really allows you to get a more wide ranging perspective. I don't think I would have the same sort of relationship with neuroscience today if I hadn't worked with Simply Neuroscience and founded this initiative and everything. And so I would say, especially sciences and many, you know, whether it be neuroscience or outside too, if there is something that really interests you, then 
go for it. Uh, absolutely within reasonable timeframes, of course, you should not be pulling all-nighters just to pursue an interest that's not healthy. But within reason and balance, I think it's really important to be able to explore as much as possible when you're young because it can build to those really valuable experiences when we're all older and a little bit more settled in our careers. Sort of a, a, a really dual kind of a thing where it's it's really important to uh, for career exploration to explore early on. So That sounds great. Um, yeah, I was wondering if you wanted to talk more about your TEDx speaker experience. Yeah, sure. Um, so I, let's see. So my, my first TEDx talk was focused on neuroscience and how it relates to board games, which is kind of an odd analogy, but it was really tied into how when I was younger, I really enjoyed playing Monopoly. And that was about the same time I realized that when I look back retrospectively, that I started also exploring neuroscience. And so kind of when I'm a few years removed, I guess I'm still, I, I, I'm still young, I guess, um, <laughs> but I was thinking about how multidisciplinary neuroscience's nature is and how that really fits into subconsciously, it kind of fit into my own monopoly journey. So it's sort of a parallel that I highlighted in terms of how people can really um, understand how neuroscience functions. And later on, I did a TEDx kind of an interview style talk more of uh, speaking about how neuroscience is really a field that is open to everyone, I believe. I mean, regardless of if you are a heavy science or pre-med student or a more of a visual arts student or a business student. So I was more focused on that. And um, my my third one, I guess, second chronologically was a little bit more removed from neuro experiences, but it touched upon um, my journey with medical humanities that I mentioned before. And so medical humanities and narrative medicine, especially these fields really focus on the physician-patient relationship and how exactly, you know, that goes beyond just you come in for a diagnosis and you get one and that's all. There's a lot more human experiences in that. So focusing on that and as a hopeful pre-med student, uh, I really was reflecting on my experiences and realized that we didn't have as much space to have those meaningful reflections as pre-meds. I mean, we oftentimes in the clinical setting, for instance, we're dealing with difficult concepts. Um, if someone you you kind of see over time in a nursing home, for instance, that you become friends with is slowly getting sicker and sicker and one day passes away, we don't really have spaces to kind of talk about that until we get on into later in medical school and such. But it is part of what really is integral kind of core values to aspiring physicians and that was sort of my reflections on that and how that idea of reflection is really important to the pre-medical journey and why we should really emphasize that a lot more. Um, I, I sort of play a little bit on the fact that, you know, we take courses such as orgo and organic chemistry that are really useful, of course, to being a physician. But these kinds of actual personal experiences are also just as important to building us to be better empathetic physicians. and so. Yeah, it was it was a reflection on reflections, I guess, which is kind of weird to think about. But yeah, that's kind of what my TEDx um, journey has been like so far, and it's I think it's really refreshing um, those kinds of talks because they're they're really about again, like TEDx says, they're big ideas. I don't know if they're big, but it was sort of ideas that I hope that could enrich maybe you know someone's day at the very least. Yeah, I think it's super great to be able to have those more abstract kind of platforms. 
Yeah, so now that you're kind of in your pre-med journey, I, I've heard a lot of rumors about how pre-med is a really complicated culture where, you know, some people are not as supportive or it could be toxic where it's very competitive and a competition type of culture. I was wondering how you combat that culture in simply neuroscience or just the sciences in general to have a more cult- like fostering culture of supporting each other and learning together. Yeah, that's, that's a really good question because I am really thankful and I think my close circle that my fellow pre-meds have been really, you know, uh, warm and welcoming and everyone really builds that kind of a collaborative atmosphere, but I've definitely seen people who are not the greatest um, and heard stories as well too. And I think it's at the end of the day, we need to remember that in 20 years when we're all past medical school and we're all actually hopefully practicing physicians or physician scientists or even in the healthcare industry in general, um, that we are going to be working together, not competing against one another. Because when a patient is ill, for instance, we're not going to be competing over them to say, oh, I had a 4.5 GPA versus you who had a 4.4 GPA, so I'm obviously more qualified. No, it doesn't work like that. So I think it's just really disturbing that we foster that kind of a fighting atmosphere from such a young age when we should instead be acknowledging that no one's pre-med journey is the exact same as someone else's. And I mean, with Simply Neuroscience, I would say that we really try to highlight the fact that we can't have a preset formulaic path for people to say, this is how you get into neuroscience. That ain't it. Uh, so our, our one of our core values is that everyone has their own individual quote unquote brain journey. And so it's really important to be able to kind of equip people with resources to be able to explore, but we don't define paths because everyone's path is different. So I think within Simply Neuroscience, what we really illustrate is that, hey, there are so many wide careers out there, wide ranging careers and wide ranging opportunities and all. And we're working to provide students the advising or the support or the guidance that they need at every step of the journey. And whether it's peer to peer, whether it's, you know, I'm talking with a fellow sophomore or maybe an undergrad talking with a high schooler, vice versa, anything, um, we wanted to realize that Technically, in a world, everyone could pursue neuroscience and everyone could be happy. I mean, maybe if it's theoretical, yeah, uh, maybe logistical, maybe there would be some shortages in some aspects, but that doesn't matter at the end of the day. Theoretically, there could be 1,000 of us sitting in a room pursuing neuroscience. There could be, you know, maybe if all the science majors at a college certain all of a sudden turn to neuroscience, that still does not mean that we're going to be, you know, pitting uh, against one another. It doesn't work that way. Um, I'm a strong believer that at the end of the day, we are competing with ourselves. And so we always need to be the best that we can for ourselves. But I don't think the attitude of we need to be the best in the room is really disturbing because we're all unique in our own way. And I think that neuro being such a unique field in its own way is it really intertwines well with sort of, um, encouraging a fostering a collaborative atmosphere where we build one another up for young pre-meds who are engaged with our neuro community too, I would say. Thank you so much, Chemayi, for being on the podcast and sharing your experience as well as how you built Simply Neuroscience. Where can 
listeners go check out Simply Neuroscience? If you search up Simply Neuroscience, nice and easy together on Instagram or on, on various social media platforms, you can pretty easily find us. And we're always happy to chat about how we can support you guys um, if you're interested in pursuing neuro or feeling lost at any point. So you can always send us an email or DM us across any of social media platforms. Our email is info at simplyneuroscience.org, all lowercase. Or you can visit our website at simplyneuroscience.org and see if any of the resources listed on there could be of use for you. We're really here to support you guys in whatever means possible. Obviously, we're not experts. It's a very peer-to-peer system, but we can always try to connect you with um, expert mentorship or advice for anything you need. So I'm always happy to chat too about anything neuro. Always looking to make more neuro buddies. (laughs) 